Welcome to the Pub Meeple Podcast with your host, Gary, Chuck, Just Brian, and Robert Brian. On episode 26, we talk about our gaming roots. So grab a brew, join us at the pub, and let's talk board games. Okay, guys, episode 26. Uh, hey, our gaming roots, right? Let's, this is going to be an interesting conversation. Yeah. I'm really, really looking forward to it, especially after our last podcast. I really enjoyed talking about like some of our, our top games. And so I think some of these might tie into that or just talking about games that, that got us into the hobby. Yeah, so, we get to go back a little ways, right? Yeah, this, this is going to go, this, this is pretty deep kind cuts of a retros- for some of us, Retrospective. Right? Yeah. And uh, maybe a little bit of, we kind of talked about this as kind of a reintroducing ourselves to those who maybe didn't listen to episode one way, 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 way back. We don't blame you. Not just that, but I also feel like don't uh, do this it. will relate <laughs> on to different different people in the audience like some of the things that we talk about i'm hoping that you're like ah, that's exactly what happened yeah, how exactly. i got into it and it's not all going to be talking about all of us gaming from way back in the day because we do have some newer blood and some you know newer convert to gaming among us and yeah. and so there'll be some pers- like i don't know i feel like it, we kind of got a good representation here hopefully it's a relatable conversation well right yep Guys, I'm sorry. I almost got us jumping into the topic. We, oh, we, we forgot our brews. That's so that's sacrilege. Sorry, guys. That's Don't the kick me out. Second no. most important thing we're yeah. here for. Yeah, exactly. Well, hey, uh, just Brian and I. I'm bumming a beer off just Brian tonight. And uh, why don't you tell us about this uh, Carbox Southern Wheat? Oh, great. You're gonna put this on me. So uh, I, I was at the. <laughs> I didn't want to talk about it. <laughs> well, Carbox has hasn't let us down. Uh, lately, it's a Texas brewery, and they've had some pretty interesting things. Some some decent things come out of their their uh, little ten dollar uh, six packs that we get here locally. And so I saw a wheat beer, and I thought, hey, I love wheat beer. I've never tried it. It'd be yeah. a great thing to do for a podcast. Um, it's it's all right. it's all right. It's okay. It's I mean, it's okay. You can it, you can be real. It's, it's just, not as good as a Blue Moon, which I feel like to me is kind of your baseline wheat beer, right? Your your Run of the mill wheat beer is a blue uh, moon, and this is—I I would say this isn't as good, but it's—it's it's not terrible. Uh, I'm not going to pour it out. I'm going to bring it into board gaming terms. It's like an Uwe Rosenberg game after 2012, so oh, it's still good. Yeah, it's still Uwe Rosenberg, but not at the peak, like not what you right, want. You're right. like Uwe Rosenberg, it's going to be amazing, and then you open it up, and you're like, it's not like your Agricola. Well, so we're a bit spoiled too with the Belgian L's, yeah. and oh, yeah. and so this is kind of coming off of some some beer snobbery, yeah. uh, but. I kind of expected more, so that was a little bit of disappointment. Yeah. But you know, that's okay. Yeah. That's that's out of out of f- four of their brews, this is the first one that I feel like is okay. Yeah, uh, they're, they're pretty. Their Carbox still really great. Chuck, how about you? Uh, well, I have some leftover New Year's free beer that I was given. <laughs> that's the best, <laughs> the very best. I I wanted something light tonight, so I figured this was a standard Pilsner. It's a uh, it, all it says is Imperial. And uh, La Cerveza de Costa Rica. So, some kind of import. I don't know. It's 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 okay. It's kind of musky. Not a whole lot of flavor. But it's light. Oh, wow. But <laughs> mm. well, you know what? <laughs> here to save us. Here to save us. Is proper Brian. And I, I like know I've, what he's eating. And, I feel like I've got all the I'm sorry, flavor. Not, you're right not here. eating this. You know what you're drinking is yeah. great. So, I've got the uh, Real L Black Quad. Oh. So... Yeah. <laughs> well done. Well, well done. done. You win the night, sir. So it's a uh, it's a quad. Like it's in the name, but I mean it's a it's just a good dark ale. It's really good. It's got a lot of flavor pitches in it, and yummy. So yeah. I'm glad I could 
I'm, I'm glad I could pitch in. And kind service. of bring this up a notch. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, uh, real quick before we jump into the main topic as well, I know we've all gotten to play a few games together in the past couple of weeks. Uh, does anyone have any game they want to talk about? Sure, I'll go. Yeah. Uh, one of the games we got to play together kind of took me by surprise. It, it's not that I'm surprised that it was a good game. I just didn't have any real expectations for it, and that was uh, Irish Gage. So we we played that one together. It's a you'd call this a cube rails yeah, game. Yeah, cube Is rails. Right? It's, it's a and it was originally a winsome game, and it's been republished by a capstone. Capstone, okay. So it, yeah, it's it's a train game, uh, meaning you're going to have stocks in it. You're going to have uh, you're building you know routes uh, between cities, and you and you have some trade kind of happening in between those cities, which is how the scoring works in the game. But I think it was the simplicity of the game that really really struck. I've played games like uh, Cube Rail type games before and, and I enjoy them but when you got it out I think uh, Gary you brought it yeah it was a, a one page uh, set of rules yeah one page front and back I really uh, like that part so I uh, I mean really and a lot of I, which is pr- even printed on the board once you explain right. the iconography so right and yeah it's really really simple to get into and play I liked how streamlined it felt um, compared to some of the other ones that I've played and so I got home and I ordered it so, <laughs> I I have Irish been tempted cage. on many occasions yeah. as well to order it. It's, I think what what I liked about it and why I wanted to show it to you guys because I know we we played Chicago Express and to kind of mix reviews. You know, I know I know Chuck. I don't yeah. remember you just kind of mix mixed feelings about I, it. Seemed like I, I kind of I could see the enjoyment of it, but I fell behind and I had absolutely no opportunity to catch yeah. up. And so I just felt behind the whole game that it's never really fun. Yeah, it's, it's um, never. It's and that can happen in that game, you know. So yeah, in this one, there was uh, I think enough randomization that like it, it kind of always seemed up in the air as far as who really was winning. I kind of felt like I was in it the whole time, even though I knew I might have been a little behind. I'm just not very good at auction games, apparently, or train well, rail, whatever they call them, yeah, cube rail. <laughs> well, yeah, I do think I do agree with Sean that that the there's, a, there's some randomization in how the dividend, when when you take a dividends action, you're taking cubes out of the bag. You don't know which cubes are coming out of the bag. But you also start knowing exactly how many cubes of each color went into that bag. So you can kind of figure the probabilities on your own, on the fly. And that's kind of one thing you have to be able to do in that game is kind of at least kind of estimate kind of the probability of what you want coming out. And if it doesn't come out, that just means it's going to come out later. Right. Well, yeah. you can, if you know that there's, you know, six of one color and four of the others, then it's, you know, it's like, hey, yeah. I can, I can kind of bank on that one somewhat. So, well, sp- yeah. speaking of that mechanism and, and probabilities, I finally got to play Lords of Vegas. Oh, yeah. 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 That was a good play. That was fun. That was great. Oh, <laughs> that was really fun. You, that was really fun. You guys were it. manipulating me all over that Whatever. board. Whatever. Like, Gary <laughs> throws some, like, meta game at me. At one point, he did something. I was like, why are you doing that? And I think he looked at me and says, because your face is ugly or something. I don't know what it was. <laughs> it was something personal. And I was like, what was all that about? And then, of course, I, in turn, do some move that probably is just to retaliate. It has yeah. nothing to do with winning the game at this point. It was yeah. hilarious. Oh, then, oh, and then we started yeah. fighting over a, a, a casino that really – was not really good for Endgame, but yeah. we just kept fighting over it for whatever reason. It just reason. got real personal, and, and we really felt like, I mean, there was some pride going well, on in there. Yeah. It was hilarious. It was really funny. It was uh, it was an off-the-strip casino. I mean, literally, it was probably one of those ones like, you know, it it was like a casino that would have been the scene for like a, um, oh, you know, like just uh, like in a depressing movie, you know, about some 
down and out actor oh, yeah. who you know who's, slots, yeah, video yeah. slots and that yeah. kind of thing. And so uh but we were like fighting over it like it was prime real estate, you know. And and, and I was yeah. sitting there just kind of letting you guys do that because yeah, yeah, we didn't and, and fueling it a little bit. I don't want to say we let you take the lead because I, no. I really feel like legitimately you made a you lot of well. good moves you played to me earn well. your lead. But I will say while you're in the lead, we're ignoring you and fighting each other. And there was one point when I actually did make a decision I felt was to keep Gary off of something just so I can be in second place. And, and really, it was like, this is the only chance I have of catching you. But I had to give you something for it to keep him from keeping me. I mean, it was just one of those things like, what do I do? Do I do I help the guy in the lead? But if just because it's the only chance I have of catching up. And it was. No, it was. That, that was. That but was you your... feel like you're kind of hamstringing you know yourself and everybody else just to just to stay in the game well and i was just, that's what also what i love about the game that's the appeal to it for me i, I just kind of i was so far behind that i started going more into the high risk situations <laughs> which so, was amazing <laughs> which made some for really fun gameplay well, yeah like the time where he he turned a casino over to me inadvertently and then the next turn, I was as I was celebrating, like you took it away. I, did I take it away with your own money too? Yeah, I you, went and you gambled it. Gambled in my casino, yeah, won then, the money that you needed to, yeah. to to roll the dice. And so I here I was like all excited that Shucks Shucks Gambit blew up in his face, and then it blew up in my face, and then yeah, you a, walked away with all the money. That was a funny moment. But the thing about that game is it could have just as easily went against me, and that's kind of Vegas, right? I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, so. I. I I've played some good games with you guys lately, but I, I and I was I've um, probably the game I've been playing the most that I'd like to uh, kind of want to mention is my wife and I got it back into uh, Alhambra, which is an, a game I may have mentioned on here before, but um, it's it's one of my favorite tile laying games, and the reason why I want to bring it up is because sometimes you you get into a game that maybe you'd played you know I'd played a you know a, maybe a dozen times in the past, thought it was great, and introduced it to some other people. And then I put it on the shelf, and I probably hadn't touched it in three years. And then I pull it out. I reteach it to my wife. She, like, immediately destroyed me, and I think that was part of what the allure. Like, hey, man, this game, like, is – she's really good at it. And so we've been playing it probably for about a month now, and then this weekend we decided – we have the family box, and we decided that uh, we'd crack open a variant called Granada, which essentially you, you flip the board. It's another board. And it's almost laid out the same. It's got – just one other tweak, and then you use a whole different set of tiles, and they're double-sided. But um, it's the scoring that really kind of struck me. And so I was just kind of struck by how you can play essentially the same game, and you just, like, put new tiles in it and say, oh, by the way, you determine the end game scoring, what color suits of buildings are worth at the end of the game. Normally in, a, in the base game of Alhambra, there's a set value for each color. Well... In Granada, you, you base it off the number of that color of building on the board. And so, for example, we played earlier this afternoon. I went one color. She got like nine buildings times three at the very end, and that's 27 points. And I had a majority, but I only had two buildings. And so, yeah, I had the majority, but it was worth all of six points. And so it's kind of pretty It's pretty cool how you, you, can see, you can see the trending, how the game's trending, and you can start investing in those buildings. And so, um, yeah, so it's just basically a game that, uh, I really need to share share with you guys if if you if you're interested in it, but um, which is one that I'd kind of put aside, and then it's got like a whole new life lately, and so I actually see myself playing it probably for a lo good long time now because we've got a, a couple more um, little mini modules we can add to it if we ever get a little tired of it. So it's a fun little game. Cool. 
That's cool. I haven't played Alhambra in a long time. I need to I need to get it on one of your games sometime. Yeah, yeah, we talked recently about all these old games that we forget about, we shelve for a while, and we yeah. just maybe need to have a year of uh, dusting those off and, and kind of well, going at those regular. I'd love to get a Survive game night in with you guys again. And then, I got, you know, we were talking not too long ago about uh, El Grande. I mean, I, I st- Shuck and I have still never played it. We totally need to. So, yeah, uh, next time we get a big game day, maybe we just need to focus on oldies but goodies, right? Yeah. Speaking of oldies but goodies, uh, we can kind of jump into our main topic. And I, we were going to kind of reintroduce, kind of looking at this episode as a way to kind of reintroduce ourselves as, as a group. And so I guess let's uh, let's go around let's go around the table here. So uh, if you don't know yet, I'm Gary. I'm just Brian. Chuck here. Proper Brian. Well, we were going to talk about some basically our gaming roots, and this can this can envelop things other than board games. Gaming roots? Yeah, roots. Oh, groups. They said groups. Oh, no. <laughs> We're talking I'm about sorry. our various groups here. Our roots, yeah, though. Yeah, our roots. Where yeah, we started. Roots. Yeah, where we started. I am root. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to talk about our, our gaming roots. And that can encompass things like, um, well, obviously board games, but it could be video games. It could be any other experiences. Uh, things maybe, I don't know, uh, if you were into LARPing or something, you know. Why'd you look at me so. for that? Spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers, yeah. Why'd you call yourself out? They can't see. I wasn't see. even going to talk about that. <laughs> well, now, now they know. Um, yeah, so we just thought we'd, we'd break these down into, into three topics, and we'll go through what we call seeds, um, experiences or games that kind of were formative to us, our, uh, our sparks, which were things that just kind of, man, where things clicked, and we said, hey, man, I'm a gamer, or I love this kind of game. And then we'd call it, like, talk about shifts, which is where we saw like shifts in our taste, maybe or an evolution or some maturity, or where we just kind of saw maybe that there was a little wider spectrum. You know, maybe we were laser, laser focused on on LARPing, and you know we saw that there was other things out there. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with LARPing, dude. It's it's pretty cool. Oh yeah, I know. I'm not I'm yeah, not well, ashamed of it. It just okay. It's just uh, so much so many stories to tell. I didn't want to take up all the time. <laughs> oh, okay. We'll, we'll have a microbrew on your larping. <laughs> oh great. LARPing. No, seriously, you had some cool stories. Larping with yeah. just Brian. <laughs> hey, we can have a segment there. Yeah. <laughs> well, well hey, you can have I, a story and episode for the whole year. <laughs> hey, uh, coming right. next year. So he promises. <laughs> so it's like a whole series we need to do. Oh my goodness! So, just Brian, how about since we're in, we're over here uh, razzing on razzing on yeah. you, how about you start? What, what's the seeds? So for we're, you? we're talking about the, the seeds of my gaming life. Uh, I would say early early Brian played chess. It's probably the earliest, and I was really into it, but not into it like a lifestyle into it. But I was just really fascinated by it, and I lost a lot. Uh, I, I rarely won, but it did never bother me losing. I still really enjoyed the actual game and actually playing it and the puzzle of it. And it was never a thing where not being good at it kept me away from it, which I guess isn't normal maybe for a lot of people. I, I thought it was normal, but the more I kind of listen to people and kind of their, you know, their taste and their preferences, winning seems to be a big motivator for them. But just the play itself was always fun for me. Yeah. And so I would say uh, that would probably be where I started. Um, and then, like, kind of, are there any other? Yeah. Like, I mean, did that develop into anything else? Yeah. Yeah. So, so my grandfather was also a big, a big part of me being a gamer. Uh, he, my grandfather was a gamer. Um, he played video games. He played lots of board games. How cool! I didn't know he played video. Yeah, games. Yeah, no, like he would school me at Doctor Mario. We played. At, uh, no, he was really, really good. Like really good 
at Dr. Mario and I wasn't, I didn't love Dr. Mario, but, um, like we'd have to get into like Yoshi's cookies before I could really get it, like do anything <laughs> against him because he yeah. was just so good at yeah. Dr. Mario. But then we'd like joust on Atari and he oh, did what that, a good game. He would do that like cheap move where you just barely like get right above the guy and not, you know, and just the ostrich's feet just touch your head and I would die every time. I mean, he was just really good at video games. He, we played a lot of board games together. He, we played a Pente was one that I remember playing a lot with him, which was also an abstract game, kind of like chess. So a lot of my earlier roots come in abstract strategy games. Okay. Um, but we did play a lot of Pente. We played games like Go for Broke, where you're you're losing a ma- first to lose a million bucks. Oh, you told me about that one. And yeah, it's not a great game to modern day standards, but back then, I mean, you know, we didn't have a lot, and this was great. You know, there's a lot of probability. You're 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 placing high stakes bets to try to lose your money, and then when you win, you win big, and you're kind of ticked off about it because you're trying <laughs> to get rid of your money. And um, so we we did that. We played a lot of cards. And yeah, Grandpa was a gamer, and it was like visiting him and just even just hanging out with just the two of us was meaningful. Uh, when the cousins would come around, we would do some of that too. But I, honestly, the sweet moments were just me and him playing pente in the back laundry room and stuff like that. So that sounds really cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And I also had a cousin, um, not not the one here at the table, but I would say the 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 third piece to that puzzle. The other gaming cousin is I do have a cousin. His name's Michael, and we actually married into that family. Uh, he I didn't grow up with him. But in my middle school years, after I'd already kind of grew up doing some preliminary gaming, he was probably the first to introduce me to more gamer style games. Like, so we did Star Wars role play game, oh, wow. second edition, um, when we'd visit. But it's always these little, it's always these little snapshots. Yeah. It's never like let's go it's hang out. Consistent. Yeah, because he he lived in another town. We'd only see each other every now and then. And so it's like let's let's play some role play. Let's play uh, Battle Masters, that huge battle map game. That's like a blanket on your mm. floor. Uh, we play Omega Virus. Yeah. Uh, was where I played that. Brian uh, was he had Omega Virus and oh and Hero Quest. I think is probably the biggest seed for me. Uh, I had a copy, but I didn't really get to play it much because I didn't have anybody to play with. So I learned all the rules. Um, nobody really played it with me, but a cousin. Then one summer, me and that cousin and my little stepbrother, stepsister, we played through all the campaigns of Hero oh, Quest. Wow. Uh, over a summer break, I remember you trying and to teach me Hero Quest over an Easter one. Right, yeah, we were, that was after that, and I was really oh, excited very, about it. Yeah. Very so young, cool. yeah. yeah. And so, so I'd already kind of got the bug through Hero Quest, and I would say that is probably the thing that, as far as specific to our hobby, Hero Quest was the big, like this is cool, but this is all there is. Yeah, you know, unless you're role playing. Yeah, and so, um, so for there's a, there's a huge gap between um, all that with Hero Quest kind of capping that off to the next phase, yeah. you know, as gaming just kind of stagnated for me. Well, Chuck, before before we get on to that, let's let's kind of Chuck you want, uh, since he was mentioning you, uh, do you want to tell us about some of your kind of the seeds of, of your? So my seeds were mostly in uh, like video gaming consoles more yeah. than than board gaming, which probably is common among a lot of people. To be honest, I would but, bet it is um, just because of the time and age. I mean, there were games back then, uh, like one of the ones I have here is Survive, but I don't really have like super fond memories of actually playing survive more than just playing with it I so think we would play <laughs> yeah. with it together like we would like, create a narrative and yeah i don't know that we actually ever followed the rules you, properly well, i don't <laughs> even know that we even tried i think a lot of times we get together and just play with the pieces yeah when we're so, kids yeah. but uh, i didn't it's not really a true seed but it is a game that was in my childhood what i remember and the reason i say this because we would always meet up as a family at easter my birthday has fallen on easter i think twice and so uh, that's when I got my original Nintendo system was when my birthday. Cool. So I remember that. So I know exactly like when it was. 
Um, and then I think a year later uh, we got the SNES and that's, that's really where I think my roots started coming in is, is when I started getting into Star Fox Star like that was the first game I ever beat. And so that was really, I think rooted me into gaming as a whole. And then later on I have listed, I've talked about it before is the, um, uh, Magic the Gathering, it, we played that a lot in high school. Uh, it kind of led into Dungeons and Dragons. We kind of played, th- that would be the closest thing to board games really during my high school career. And then my my biggest seed was, again, my cousin over here introducing me to Carcassonne. Uh, I went to I went to his, stay at his place when I was going to take the, the FE, the Fundamentals of Engineering exam, right out of college or so. Yeah. And, and so I stayed with him. Um, and this was back in 2012, I believe, is what I wrote down. Oh, wow. Uh, no, sorry, 2008. 2012 is something like that. Yeah, later. yeah, it would have been, been, yeah, much earlier. Yeah, the, I've, we've talked about before how I've went and found all the expansions. What I didn't remember was that I had found a uh, someone selling on Amazon the base game with eight expansions included. And I got, like, all the expansion boxes. It wasn't, like, the big box game. Like, it was... All the Carcassons. And then I was like, oh, I have to have more. And so there's several purchases right in a row where it was like, oh, I went and went, got this little mini expansion and this little mini expansion. And then a few days later, I went and found the, the German one. That... You kind of became a collector with Carcassonne. <laughs> yeah. Like where but some I... of us kind of have that collector thing. And you've done it before with other things like the Pogs and things in the past. But I'll say like for gaming, that was probably the first time you're like that collector, you know, tendency actually fell into gaming for you i think yeah and at the time i mean that's really the only game i had yeah i mean and, and well so, so i don't i want to jog your memory 2007 the year before that you and i were playing risk a few times back in 2007 oh yes and i forgot about and that. um i'd showed you like lord of the rings risk and we spent one whole night doing that till the crack of dawn and then the next time i was like well let's try your risk now and we there was a time when we were we were really trying to play around with that I already had Carcassonne at that time, so now I feel like I was holding out on you since you said it was like the next. I don't remember that holding out on you, but you said it was 2008, and so now I feel kind of bad that there's like a whole year there where, where we lived in the same town, and, what, and I could have like. What's really sad is I don't I don't really care for Risk all that much. I didn't back then either when there wasn't hardly anything to play. Right, I mean, right. <laughs> but yeah, so the Carcassonne's definitely my biggest seed as far as getting into board gaming, and and I mean that's man, what a cool. What a cool game to get into board gaming, like really seriously into. We talk about it pretty often on the podcast. We love Carcassonne, and I mean that that's a cool game to kind of catapult you into into board gaming. I think for me, like just like Shuck, I think um, my formative like gaming. I, I really got into like you. I had the NES and SNES. I liked a lot of the the role playing games. I really got into like the Final Fantasy games. Uh, I don't know that I beat very many of them. But uh, I remember in particular like Final Fantasy VI. I really liked that that strategic thinking, the turn-based combat, and that sort of thing. So that was really kind of early on. And then I didn't realize it until much, much later. But we, we played a lot of board games. We played chess and checkers and such. When I was younger, so my mom could make money and stay home with us kids. She actually started like a babysitting business. You know, She'd babysit out of, out of her home. And so I remember when I, I was such a brat, I thought it was horrible to have all these kids come over and use all my stuff. And then it was only later I realized that's what my mom did to earn money so she could be at home with me. And so, like, we would have a lot of summers where I had all these other kids. Like, I didn't realize this this cool thing I had. I had all these other kids my age. And so, you know, 
we'd go outside and we'd play all the time. And then on the rainy days, we'd come back in and we're like, oh, let's play chess. Let's play checkers. And so we'd have these chess tournaments or whatever. And I don't remember, like, like you, I don't really remember caring so much that I won or lost. I just enjoyed the game. And so I think that was a big deal. And then I actually, if I would have to say, probably the biggest seed for me was somewhere around ninth grade. I actually got into some CCGs. I, um, I tried some with my friends and I'm trying, I can't even remember the names. And they, you know, there was a ton of them out that time because of magic. And then, so I got into, uh, the Battletech CCG and I somehow convinced my dad to play it. And I actually wrote about this for the, for our website, but I got my, my dad's not really a gamer, but he played this game with me. And then I went and found the Battletech, like actual Battletech game where you got the stand. They didn't have minis or I couldn't afford the minis. It was just the standees and, you know, like 20 pages of rules and like, dad, indirect fire. Let me look page 15 sub, you know, <laughs> sub rule C if you're firing over a forest, you know, and my dad totally hated that kind of stuff, but he would play it with me and he actually got into some of the game, but he was like, look, we got to keep this pretty simple. And so I would kind of like, it was, it was me teaching my dad though, which was weird. So I'd have to kind of like not dumb down the rules, but like keep it like I didn't, we didn't get really crunchy with it. And so that really like instilled in me like a love of that kind of stuff. But, you know, you're in high school and I didn't really have anyone else to play with. And I'm going to be honest, man. Like I was already, I was already kind of geeky enough. I was like, I don't need to, I don't, you know, add that, you know, the so whole gamer tag. The nineties so. were hard. On, the nineties were hard on, on gamers. So you, Geeks you and nerds. Though, it's not like cool. Like it is now. Yeah. There's no chic about it. I'm like, the my 90s kids, really rough my on kids it. can be like, Hey man, we, we played Pathfinder with my dad on the weekend and they might, their friends probably don't know what it is, but no one's going to, be like, oh, you nerd! They're like, yeah, oh, okay. So you, you didn't get to experience the fullness where you sit in a corner and play magic by yourselves and ignore everybody else, right? No, it's, no, didn't. just uh, me. Unfor- okay. Unfortunately, I was I wasn't brave enough to do that. I did I did play magic again. I didn't have anyone else to play with, so I forced my dad to or coerced my dad into playing with me, and my dad was miserable. But he was like, well, I'll play it with you. And then I had like one friend who would who would occasionally. But that was my those are the the seeds, and then. I'll get into uh, later on here. I'll get into uh, how I got into like I guess board gaming proper. How about how about you, uh, proper Brian? So for me, it's listening to you guys. It's I mean it's pretty similar. I think a lot of times people draw their roots back to D and D, and that's not the case really for me. I never got to play that. It's something I've always been interested in playing. Never got the opportunity. But I think I can go back to playing games with my family and friends, and that's games like Monopoly. My dad taught me how to play chess. My dad taught me how to play Risk. But I have early memories of taking Monopoly and, and modifying it and changing it and wanting to add stuff to it. Even and, then. Yeah. So it was those kind of games like really early on with like family. And then with friends, it was games like Hero Quest, uh, Star Wars uh, collectible card game. What was that? Battle Lore? Is that what you what you mentioned? Battle I played Battle Lore. Yeah. Was, uh, was, the, was the bigotures yeah. with, uh, with the yeah. giant map. Uh, Clue the Great Museum Caper. Like we, I played that a bunch with with one of my friends. We played a little bit of Magic. I never, I never really got into Magic. I, I played a few games of it, but not much. Anyway, so board games have kind of always been a piece of growing up. I played. I remember sitting in the floor playing Monopoly with my mom when uh, my brother was at school and I wasn't yet. So it was just something we did, you know. Not all the time, but it was just something we did. But then, like the video games that I played, like kind of like Shuck. It's like the, I think those are the things that formed my. Uh, kind of my my gaming taste, my early hobby gaming taste. Kind of like Gary, I I really enjoyed the Final Fantasy series. All right, yeah. So we can give a fist bump yeah. there. Uh, the Legend of Zelda, like that whole series, oh, like man. Fist um, bump. 
<laughs> and then uh, another one is uh, the Civilization series of games on the on the PC. Oh, I um, remember those. So I I mean I loved playing those games, and that's where my enjoyment for like those four X style games comes from. I I loved playing Civilization, and so I love the adventure games all the way back there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's got to be. It, it just scratched an itch that I that uh, that I that felt great. So, but those adventure style games, those kind of role playing games, and those four X style games kind of formed kind of those those first little bits of where I went with hobby gaming. Uh, but then there was there's one board game in particular that I I know I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but when I was uh, I was probably eight or nine. I remember going to my uncle and aunt's house and I found a copy of Scotland Yard in their cabinet. And it was the old, obviously the old version, uh, the the one that won the Spiel des Jahres. And my brother and I and my cousins got it out and we played with it. And I think we did some of it right. And we played, but it was just one of those things. It was like, wow, this is really cool. And I, I liked it so much that like later in my teenage years, I told my friends about this game that I had played when I was a kid, you know. So I know we're since I'm the last one here, we can go ahead and transition into our sparks, yeah, right? Yeah, because this is the, Tell us the that. Yeah, so this is a game that this is probably my biggest seed, but because of of how it ended up being a big spark for me was that after high school, one of my buddies was like, Hey, you remember that game you told me about Scotland Yard? Well, I heard that they're gonna reprint it. I was like, Cool, I'll go find it. You know, and he said, Hey, I found it at this uh, website called funagaingames.com. I was like Okay, so I went there and oh, that's and, like a crack dealer right there, and, like. and looked and found it. But then I also found their their hotness list, and I was like, "Ooh, what what else is out here?" And I, it kind of started me down that rabbit hole, and so I started just kind of buying games down that list, you know, like with Catan and Carcassonne and Puerto Rico and and those kind of games. So it was it was a big C, but it also turned into a big spark. It was the thing. It's not the it's not my favorite game anymore, but it's kind of the game that showed me all this other uh, all the other possibilities i guess the how deep that rabbit hole can go you know yeah so is it okay if i keep going with with yeah, with man. some sparks now yeah, keep tell, tell us the other sparks yeah sparkle, sparkle away young gamer sparkle away so i played i played Catan, and that was fine i played carcassonne that was fine but it was still kind of one of those things it of fine <laughs> it was still well one said. of those things it's of a good explanation well carcassonne to me is also one of my favorite games but it was one of those things where I was like neat, like this little kind of dip into that arena. But then I got to play, uh, I, we, uh, my wife and I went over to a, a couple friend from church and they pulled out power grid and oh, wow. Yeah. And I'd, I'd never <laughs> There's played an introduction. I'd never played it before. <laughs> and oh. it was like, Whoa, this, this is amazing. Like, uh, so power grid really hooked me. And then, uh, not very long after that, our, friend way that we've talked about he had gotten turned on to el grande and he invited me to come to a game night with that and i played that and i was like okay that's when i can kind of look back and say this is when i started really buying like okay. like seeking out and buying games and stuff so between power grid and el grande that's really sparked my interest in in going okay i'm i'm in this i yeah. want to see where this goes you were a gamer from, <laughs> yeah. like after that yeah, yeah no, no question right? yeah like, yeah i think that's kind of what those spark games are it's like after after you get into that game it's like i am a gamer Chuck, like what are, what are the games that kind of sparked your you know like um, the, the next level for you well so, so the biggest one i have listed is uh the lords of Waterdeep. obviously we've talked about it 
kind of creation of the pub meeple in a way. It came out in 2012, I think. I think that's where my earlier 2012, but I didn't get to play it until 2013. So th- this time in my life is, uh, we talk about sparks. This is a lot of things kind of came together yeah. right around this time. And I was, I was struggling when we were talking about this episode of when we actually played the physical game. Like I, I really was trying to pinpoint exact date um, going through old text messages and emails and things. And I, I think I figured it out. <laughs> Do you have, oh, I think, yeah. I think I have the exact date and that was April 13th, 2013. Right. Yeah. So, wow. and, and the, the way, the way I figured this out is I was looking through my emails and uh, I ordered uh, Lords of Waterdeep and the day that it came in, I'm pretty sure it was like a Saturday and I'm almost positive that's the day that we played it. Yeah. Like we we played it, which this just doesn't even happen anymore. I was anymore. curious if you like, like got, still got the, <laughs> this, like this old tracking number still worked. Like it was delivered this day, and like you check five years well, later, the, USPS the, is still like yes. I mean, it's Amazon. It was delivered. <laughs> Amazon says it was is supposed to be delivered today, so I assume it was delivered that day. I mean, they're pretty good. Yeah, at, they're really so, good. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we can go. We can rely on. It. I mean, thirteen Amazon was pretty amazing. Yeah. So Waterdeep was a game that. Like I got super excited for, and I don't even remember honestly how I found out about it. Like I've been, I was trying to figure that out too. This is around the time where I started discovering the YouTube pages, where I was discovering Dice Tower, and oh wow, yeah, and um, uh, the tabletop was kind of going on around this time as well. Uh, which the Waterdeep tabletop didn't come. Until it hadn't the, aired yet because I remember no. when I saw it, we had already played it. Yeah, yeah. so it, it came in season two, uh, so season one had just kind of barely started. Uh, but those are games like. Uh, Ticket to Ride and Dixit, I think we're in season one. And Dixit was one of the first games I bought. Uh, and, and again, going back to Easter, I don't know why it always comes to Easter. But so we. <laughs> well, that's I, when we, we used to get together we, and have maybe that's basically unbridled gaming time. We didn't have kids yeah. uh, back then. Well, well, you had Morgan, but she was old enough to go play with the other kids. Yeah. And we had really just this time to play without for like a whole weekend. It was funny because Chuck and I would like play these games with the family as much as they let us. But then when they go to bed, you and I would go find a quiet corner and keep playing games. So the, this Easter in particular, I brought Dixit and it, it also happened to be my 30th birthday. And just Brian's mom bought me ticket to ride for my 30th birthday. And so I, I will never forget that. That's something. And it's, it's always going to be in my collection. Probably. I'm never going to get rid of it. It's, it's such a memorable moment for me and it's a good game. And so these are the little seeds. I mean, and I have one more listed. It's not, or not a seed, sorry, Sparks. Um, I have one more listed. It's a few more years ago. Obviously, we've talked about Deus. I still feel like it's a spark, even though it's a couple years after the fact. Because even though I was really getting into it, that one kind of sparked a whole new era of an enjoyment for games for me. I mean, yeah, those are those are really the the key moments of my gaming career right there. I mean, getting into and really heavily like go, going through and watching playthroughs. <laughs> I remember I watched like a two hour playthrough of Waterdeep while I was waiting. It, it was shipping and I was like, <laughs> I'm waiting to play this game and I want to, I, I need to play it now. So I go find a playthrough just oh, so yeah. I could watch it. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a moment where, you know, <laughs> a lot of people you can look to back. can relate to that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, come on, everybody's done yeah. it. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and jump in now because when he mentioned Lords of Waterdeep... Does this have anything to do with yeah. Lords of Waterdeep? Yes. No, it's, <laughs> yeah, it has it everything did. to do with Lords of Waterdeep. Because, and we've talked about it before, but I really like... It just, I like it's a cool about story. It's, it's, a cool it's, story. it's like one of, the, so, one of the moments that brought us together. So, Chuck, 
our daughters knew each other through school and we hung out socially. I think maybe we'd had your family over or something. I know we'd hung out socially once or twice or met up at birthday, like birthday parties where our daughter's mutual friends or something. And, um, and I get like a text message out of the, out of the blue. Like, Hey, you, you want to come play this board game with me and my friends? And you have to remember, like I hadn't played board games it's probably been like a 10 year period of my life, you know, like I didn't really play games. And so I was like, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm still like into video games and stuff at this point when I can, I mean, I've got little kids, so you know, it's sporadic, but, um, I remember thinking, I mean, I even, I remember like, I almost said no. I was like, you know, I don't know. I don't go play this nerdy game with a bunch of people, but, but my wife was like, I was told my wife and she was like, well, I mean, Hey, it's another, it's another person to hang out with and you like Sean and you know, yeah, you might might make some friends or whatever, and I was like, okay, sure. And then so I go over there, and and I'm playing this game, and I remember, I remember him telling me like, I just got this game, and like I'm super excited about this game, and he told me like multiple times, hey, I'm really excited about this game, and I knew I was very excited. <laughs> yeah, I knew about Dungeons and Dragons because I'd played like. We know Baldur's you're excited. <laughs> Would you please stop texting me how excited you are about this game? <laughs> I'd like played like Baldur's Gate, and you know, on the computer and whatnot, and. But I didn't want like let anyone else know that like I knew about Dungeons and Dragons because I didn't know like how like you know I didn't I I didn't have any I, I didn't want to go full on geek yet. But I, after this, it was no there was no point in it. Um, no turning back. Yeah, no turning back. So I, I show up and I'm like I don't know what this game's gonna be like. And then he starts explaining the rules and I I I I nearly walked away. I was like because I you got to remember I, I didn't game and so I was like this is a little much. And then about halfway through I, there was a click and I was like. Sean, this is amazing. And you were there that night, too. Yeah, it was yeah. Uh, me and uh, I think my buddy Jason. Is Jay Moore? Yeah, Jay Moore. Jay Moore, Moore there. Jay Moore was there because I showed yeah. up, met Shuck. Shuck t- introduced me to his nerdy cousin, Brian. And then there was Jason, right? I, I think, think Jason, Jason, Jason we had was a full yeah, five-player And we met up in, the, in a back room. I'm going to tell you this, guys. I went to the original Gathering Place location. In the, I went, I'd never board game before. Back I mean, it'd been gaming, 10 years. Man. Like, that was real cool back guys room. were. Back room of the local gaming store, which was not in that was, nice a location. Seedy and dark and smoke filled room. And <laughs> yeah, it was like the most costly cantina there. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm lucky I went in. So, anyways, I don't want to drive this out anymore. But we went in about halfway through. I'm like, this is amazing. So I start talking to Sean, and then Sean's like, Hey, by the way, um, you know, my bro- my cousin Brian and I, we get together every so often. If you like that game, you know, you ought to get get with us. And then so. Somehow I got in like via text messages, and then so basically Sean is the reason why I'm a gamer. Um, the nowadays Sean got me in, and um, I'm, I'm and then Brian. You're welcome, or I'm yeah. sorry. No, I, one. I, I, I think no, <laughs> no. I thank you, and I I've thanked you before, like because you got me, you got me hooked on it. And so I would say my other Spark game was um, I'd never really played a, a co-op game, and you got me in, into Castle Panic. And the reason why I don't think Castle Panic's a good game. I'm not a huge co-op gamer, but where that was a spark for me is that was a game I could play with my kids. I could teach my kids that game. And so for me, that like that was a big spark. Was that the night y'all wouldn't like stop playing Castle Panic? Was that here at, like that was at Shuck's house? What? I'm thinking Castle Panic night that you're talking about. Where we played it like three times in we a played row. Like, and you guys, and we and lost. you got stressed out. Well, I every did get time. stressed out because you're like, let's play the Wizard's Tower. And at that point, I've never won the Wizard's Tower. And we won the Wizard's Tower. We, we did beat the first it. time. Is that the one where we had like one, half our one half our left? group left, depressed and sad and ready to like end it there? And you guys are like, I think we can do it I if we do yeah. it one more time. And I'm like sitting there pulling my hair. I'm like, please, yeah. the wizard's gonna kill us. And I, for some reason, like, I don't normally 
worry about in-game metrics no, and metrics were, in general. You were really worried but about it. I've never beaten the Wizards Tower before, and we did. Yeah, we, we, did. we won it, and I felt yeah. like we could do anything, guys. <laughs> let's start a YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah. Basically, yeah. yeah. So let's make this thing called the pub. Spo- I mean, we can podcast spoiler now. Spoiler alert, yeah. So, we beat the Wizards Tower. So, yeah, that was like another spark just because I could share that game. You guys got me so excited and hyped up about that game. I went out and bought it that week. Um, I, didn't, I don't think I ordered it. I think I went and found it at the hate. Hey, we had a local books and uh, books books and video store that I went and found it at. And then the if I had to say a third one, uh, Agricola, just because it really got me hooked mm, on to yeah. more like medium, crunchier games. Because uh, it, it was like a little bit of a step up from Waterdeep. And so that would be my third one. But how, how about you, just Brian? So back in 2012, 13, I've already been evangelizing uh, Carcassonne and Catan everywhere I can. Those are, I don't have a lot of games on my shelf at this time. I definitely had those as for like modern gaming. And I was in the Fort Worth Euless area uh, playing with whoever would play. But I didn't have a, you'd think being at the uh, the seminary I was in and the, the, the kind of college I was at, there'd be a larger group there to do that. But, you know, I'm also a family man. I'm like one of the older students because I'm like almost in my 30s. And, um, and so it was one of those things where I wasn't gaming as much. I was studying all the time, graduated and about a year or so later moved back here to Abilene and we're still playing Carcassonne and Catan. Uh, but around that time, tabletop came out and a buddy of mine that I worked with, who knew I love board games, you know, I played and I played a few with him said, uh, you should check out this show tabletop. And they played small world that first episode and I immediately got it. My wife and I played it nonstop, like while we we're still in transition, moving here to Abilene. And I would say Small World was a big one for that new launch into let's get serious about this hobby. I would say that was probably the game and 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 tabletop the the show that first season really helped with that and getting people excited. Um, but I will say that that on the heels of that, so it's hard to separate these two things. On the heels of that came the pub. Um, and I think this group was actually the spark that really propelled me into let's be more of just a guy who likes games and let's become this hobbyist for, you know, in games. And that makes sense. And, and it really, it really was a pub meeple thing and pub meeple was, I know we're going to talk about this in the future, but pub meeple wasn't originally podcast YouTube for, for guys talking about games. It was something very different, had a very different kind of intention behind it but it was like i wanted to organize a gathering of people and get them together i would say descent was a big one around that same time for me particularly i remember uh, gary you and, and sean I think we're there yeah, for the early descent for the first, nights. yeah the, first the very nights. first descent nights with a couple the other first guys campaign you tried and um the the thing that's special about descent for me is that for gaming in general it was always about getting back to hero quest we played Hero Quest again as adults with my brother, my stepbrother, who who I um, I played the first three campaigns with, and we got my my stepbrother, we got my stepsister and um, our wives together, and we played through uh, a Hero Quest mission one day at a family gathering, and me and my brother and my sister are like all grins. We're having a great time. We're having a blast just playing oh. that first mission with the gargoyle, and it's just a it's just a smash and grab mission, and. Um, I thought you were we, going to say it was smashing. Yeah. <laughs> and we, uh, we're, we're sitting there all grins. It's, and we realize, I realized halfway through the game, this is not a great game. 
right? It was it it was so great back in the day. Yeah. It's what we had. We loved it. We appreciated it. But as adults, or as maybe maybe just as we've we've matured in our tastes, our palates have changed. It wasn't a great game, but it was really fun doing that. Uh, we look over at my wife and my brother's wife. They're not having fun at all. They're looking at their phone like they're just not engaged. And we know we're loving it because of the nostalgia of it. Right. We know my sister is like she's been looking forward to getting together to play this with her brothers again, because this is what we did growing up. For me, Descent was always getting back to that. Like I didn't get to enjoy Hero Quest as an adult, but maybe there's a game out there that's going to let me enjoy Hero Quest in the same way. And Descent did that for me better than any other game up to that point and for a long time. And so I would say that's the other one. The other transition for me was I finally got to get my dungeon crawl fix. I finally got to get my tabletop tactics fantasy um, mm-hmm. game out. And it and that alone, even without all the rest of this, would have probably kept me in the hobby too. So, Yeah, the uh, Descent. So what I mentioned earlier, how like some of my, the video games I was playing was informing my taste that would come later. Uh, Descent was one that I played that I was like, oh, man, this is... I mean, I, I got the Hero Quest vibe from it too, but it was like, oh, this is kind of like like Zelda. It's kind of like that dungeon crawly, yeah. Yeah. Uh, puzzly. Uh, uh, that's what it's larping on the table. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. No, anyway. that's what it is. So yeah, Descent was a big one for me too. To kind of bring this kind of conversation to a close here, like kind of end on games that have kind of got us to where we are now. So we've gotten. You know our our roots, our very early roots, and then the games that really kind of got their got us hooked into the hobby. What are some of the ones that have kind of gotten you to where you're at now? So some of the games that I mentioned earlier, El Grande and and Power Grid, they're really more on the Euro end of things, especially at that point in time when they were released. So discovering Twilight Imperium uh, was a big one for me. It was like, oh, this is like civilization in space. It's amazing. You know, like it was that kind of experience for me. This was at the point in time where you didn't really realize that you should learn the game before you sit down to play it. <laughs> and so we sat down. Uh, my friend had gotten Twilight Imperium in the mail. We've all and, been there. And we opened it up and that rule book is 50 something pages long. Okay, and, I haven't been there. <laughs> and <laughs> Not that and he is... He is, uh, we get it out and we, we put the box on the table and he starts reading the rule book. And at that point we were just like, I mean, Hey, this is what we do, right? This is how we learn it. And that first night we didn't get any game played, <laughs> but I sought that game out and found it and got, finally got it played, man, love it. Um, so I wouldn't say it's a shift for me. It was just more like a, it's solidified for me. It's like, Oh, this is something that harkens back to something I really enjoyed as a, as a kid and a young adult kind of that civilization style 4x game I was like oh I'm all in on that you know so it kind of solidified that for me Agricola was one that was kind of a shift for me yeah because after like Twilight Imperium Descent games like that those are the games I was seeking out because I wanted that narrative I wanted that kind of that big civilization flavor yeah. but then playing Agricola I was like oh wow it kind of brought me back to those that El Grande power grid kind of feel of of uh, type mechanisms and uh just great gameplay at the same time so agricola was one that kind of shifted me into more of the i guess the euro game side of things at that point so i've kind of had several shifts i've kind of shifted one direction then back another direction right now i feel like i'm kind of in the middle i just want to play whatever game you can you can put (laughs) on the table um that's actually a good place to be though it's um, called the dad shift that's yeah (laughs) Yeah. that's it that's it shuck just coined another term the dad shift <laughs> that's what i do is that when you I, just I give drink. up on yourself and you just you just let it go 
Yeah. Sounds kind of like a dad moment for me. He's like, you know, I don't care that I'm overweight. <laughs> I don't care that I don't have to look good for anybody. And so I drink this beer. It's a little too real here. Let's keep it a <laughs> you know, game you know, if it was kind of, that's what I, th- I just didn't know. It was like, you know, I just gave up. <laughs> I'll play whatever. <laughs> so uh, Star Wars Rebellion shifted me back kind of the other direction. Okay. And then most recently, The Gallerist is the one that kind of made me go, okay, you know, I want to go back to some of those crunchier more mechanics driven games. And uh, since then, you know, I've played things like Madeira. I've really enjoyed the Lacerda games that we've played. Uh, those are my, yeah, some of my shifts. It's kind of interesting to see how once you get into that hobby, you kind of shift around a little bit. Shark, how about you? What kind of, what's kind of shifted your, you know, what kind of shifts have you had or if you've had any, I mean, maybe, maybe well, you, I, I think you have, but. So I listed quite a few shifts actually. Yeah. We'll just, just <laughs> so read them I, off to us. I, I started at the, near the beginning. So uh, the first shift was, so I, I mentioned Star Fox. Uh, when I got my Nintendo 64, I kind of started really shifting into gamer mode. It's where I really kind of dug in. Um, and then a little later on when Smash Brothers came out, that was one that I listed as a, a big shift for me. Yeah. I think that's where I kind of started understanding the idea of social gaming because that was the first game where people would just come over to my house and we'd just play for hours yeah. and hours and hours and hours. And and I think... Goldeneye. That was uh, mine. Go- Goldeneye was another yeah. one. Yeah. Do you remember Perfect Dark? That was also oh, yeah. another one that yeah. we did. we play that all the time. But I never get, really got into the first-person shooters... I guess here until recently because I've been playing Fortnite probably more than I should. But <laughs> the, that's another podcast topic. Yeah. yeah. But uh, so I I listed this kind of coinciding with Dungeons and Dragons because it it was both kind of a social aspect of gaming that I hadn't really done before because I'd just been kind of playing by myself for the most part. So that was my first big shift, and that was oh I was around fifteen or so around that time. And then uh, another big shift. So shortly after Carcassonne, or I guess right before Waterdeep, really, kind of right before I started really digging into board games in general, I had a, a pretty major shift. In, in my marriage, I was doing a lot of video gaming and a lot of mostly PC gaming by myself, solo. And it was kind of not doing well towards the family. I was ignoring things that I should be taking care of. And I decided at that moment where... You know what? There's this, these board games out there where I can play with my family instead oh, yeah. of playing by myself. That's a big shift. And and so again, I'm I'm shifting back into that social aspect because I I'd, I guess I'd been single a little while before that, and so I was kind of digging back into my original roots of just playing by myself. Even though it was MMO games, so I was playing with other people online. But I, I wasn't socializing with the people that I know and, and loved. And so that was, I decided to go into board gaming, which is where I started finding about the Dice Tower. And it's around that same exact time. So that was that was another big shift Man, for me. I did that too. Like that was a big thing for me. I remember uh, after being married for a little while, I was like, man, I have all these hobbies, like things that eat up my time, right? And I was like, I, I can't do them all. What do I want to do? You know, and, and that was when I kind of decided, I was like, okay, I think, I think board games is it because that's something I can do with my family. And for a while there, we were having like a, a board game night, family board game where we were playing once a week. Um, I kind of started falling through the cracks a little later once we got a little busier and other things. But, um, uh, so another big shift, obviously we kind of talked about it. The pub meeple creation was a massive shift that was kind of really more so, and we'll talk a little bit about it 
I think in a in a microbrew yeah, here yeah. soon. Spoiler: but, we're, uh, we're gonna have a microbrew on that. So, but it kind of ties into a little bit of this. So, yeah. uh, uh, Just Brian and I were running at the time, and um, we were talking yeah. about we were designing games, and so that that was another big shift to me was the designing process of games, and that's kind of what led us to the creation of Pub Meeple. Uh, wanting to get in yeah. to Kickstarter, and I mean Kickstarter was another big shift. It kind of was a a massive buying shift for me, where I just started buying a bunch of games and trying to figure out really who I wanted to be in the gaming industry, you know, in this hobby. Who, what games do I like, and and things like that. So there was a lot of shifting going around in that 2013-14 time era, where we were just kind of. I mean, creating an identity for Pub Meeple and myself. And so it was, there's a lot of interesting things going on. We're uh, also kind of just riding it too at the same time. Yeah. Like we're trying to be in control of it in one aspect. And the other aspect is, yeah. all right, we'll do that. You know, that, well, that so sounds we, cool. We tried a bunch of different things. So we we, were, we started doing reviews. It was we very public doing, too. Yeah. Like everybody saw us try a bunch of different <laughs> things. And we're like, oh, you, you are we embarrassed? Go. No, we're not really embarrassed. It's just what we're doing. All right, let's do, let's do the next thing. You can go look at our YouTube and find all of our crashes. And, oh, yeah, you know, who knows? Yeah, it's, it's a motley collage of, if you ever want to see an experiment, there it is. <laughs> but it, it got me into like uh, do-it-yourself type stuff. We got, I mean, we're pretty, as far as YouTube goes, that's our most popular videos are, are all the DIY stuff. And so that wasn't another shift, you know, creating my own yeah. inserts and, and things like that. Uh, another shift for me was Zombicide. That's kind of the painting aspect of the hobby. I started getting more into that aspect. So it's like every one of these little things, it's just a different little aspect that I, I can grab from. Um, and then more recently, probably the colonists, uh, has shifted more into the heavier. I've always been kind of a medium lightweight type gamer. I like, uh, I, I, Irish gauge pulls me in because I like the one page of rules. Yeah. I really like games that have very, very small rules. One, because I don't like to read a whole lot and I really Amen. don't want to have to digest a massive. So colonists was very different for me because I had, is a, a big rule book. Yeah, it's a big one, isn't it? Um, and and there's a lot going on, and it it's shifted me. And I have now played several Lacerda games, and I lose at all of them. But I just I've seen the shift in this last year or so of getting into heavier gaming. Um, so that's that's my most recent shift, I think. Well, Gary, uh, I've almost felt like I've seen a lot of your walk from early on to now. Yeah. But I don't know when I when I look at your gaming like history of what I've seen the snapshots I've seen. There's a lot there. There's a lot of like things I would say he's this or that. But then you surprise me with things. What are some of the shifts that you've had? And I'm curious if they like match up with like my my perception of yeah. like some of the dichotomies that I see in so, your gaming. Chuck gets me into Lords Waterdeep. Right off the bat, I'm kind of a Euro gamer because that's where I. You know, that's where that was my introduction. Yeah. So I'm more drawn to that. Like I said, I played things like uh, Castle Panic and whatnot, but the the games I'm really drawn to my to for myself are that I mentioned Agricola is kind of one of my sparks, but it's also a little bit of a shift in that. Like, okay, I'm like, oh wait, there's even there's things that are even a little heavier than Lords of Waterdeep because at first, you know, I thought, okay, that's this this is a pretty crunchy game, and it is, but you know, I realized there was like that kind of opened my eyes, and so. For the longest time, I was just kind of our, our like I was a Euro guy, hardcore Euro. Then you kind of got me into Descent, and Descent, what that did for me is is one game that I, a video game that I didn't mention that I used to play. I don't know if any of you guys ever played. Uh, it was an old PC game called Jagged Alliance. 
It was. Uh, it was I this, don't know what that is. It was a game. It was a turn-based game. You would hire this group of mercenaries, and you you were dropped on this island, and you really couldn't afford the good mercenaries, so you got the bad mercenaries, or the the mediocre ones if you were lucky, like the 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 doctor who couldn't really heal you all the way, but just partially, and uh, and you know you'd, you'd still be halfway bleeding, but um and they all had like cool personalities and whatnot, but it was a turn-based game, and so. It's very strategic. Well, we get into descent, and I see like, okay, I've got this character, and I'm kind of checking my movement, my line of sight, and whatnot. And so I realize, okay, wow, like there's a really a, an analog for that, you know, that really jives with like kind of my my video gaming history, you know, liking the Final Fantasies and whatnot. And so I really kind of enjoyed that. That as a kind of an aside, it was a little bit of a shift because I didn't really buy a lot into it. You had it, so I'd always just play yours, and then copying um. What, uh, proper Brian said when I when I was first introduced to the gallerist I was like mind blown like oh this is really cool I love the art I love the design I love all the mechanisms in it and I could kind of see all these wheels turning and so fast forward a few months I get my own copy and um, that kind of started like a jump towards like a lot of heavier games that and Madeira that and Madeira kind of cemented me as like okay I do like heavy games I'm not good at teaching them and the rule books are tough but I like heavy games and so for the longest time I think I was just kind of like um just like a heavy Euro gamer. That's all I wanted to play. Like when it, when it was like game, when it was game night, Gary just brought all the heavy Euros and that's all I brought. And then, so I, I would say the past couple of years I've kind of, um, well, we had a friend, Greg Lewis Qualls, who got me into things like some of the games, workshop games, the blood bowl. That game, was always Blitz the most bowl. surprising thing is when you would, I'd yeah. hear you talk about, I'm, I'm meeting up with Greg and I'm playing, you know, um, uh, Sigmar, 40K, you know, uh, Silver Tower or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, and Blood Bowl. And Warhammer I was like, Quest. this doesn't sound like no. something Gary's no. normal fare. No, because you were very heavy gamer. But, you, right? but not just that, but you'd be enthusiastic about <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, so I'd be like, guys, let's play the gallerist. And the next week I'd be like, hey, I hung out with Greg and we played um, uh, Warhammer. And or you'd play like Kill Team or yeah, whatever. Kill and you take have these cool pictures of stuff that I should be playing. Yeah. And I'm like, what is Gary doing playing these I games? I felt like... Uh, and then you got into what Star Wars Armada too at yeah. the time. So like I was in, so like I got into this little like minis phase, and then I realized I couldn't sustain all those games, and um, <laughs> yeah. budget wise or time wise, we all like, realized that at one point. You know, so like I now I have a collection of Star Wars X Wing and Armada. I still think Armada is one of the best game systems we've ever played, but I don't know when I'm going to play it. Um, so yeah, I got into that, and then now I kind of went back. I don't know. I've just I've just bounced. I feel like I'm bounced around like a pinball, like between heavy games, those games, and then now I really have kind of. I don't know. It sounds weird, but I love like the the train games for whatever reason. Train games. You and I had a conversation one time, Brian, uh, proper Brian, where I told you that it's not so much that I'm drawn to the theme of train games. I'm drawn to the mechanics and yeah, mechanisms, mechanisms of it, yeah. that tend to come with them. And so like Shuck and I playing an 18xx game last year was one of my gaming highlights. That was one that, number one, because it was fun, even though Shuck just beat me horribly. Hey, that's like yeah. the best I've ever done at a heavy game. Yeah, so. no, like Shuck, <laughs> Shuck destroyed on that game. And <laughs> not not at not at the expense. You tried to destroy yeah. me several times no, and, no, and foil my plans. I played pretty more aggressively than I usually do because I was like so wanted this win, but you know. So I've, I've been drawn to that. So that's on the heavier spectrum. Then you have things like Irish Gage, which is honestly just a medium weight game, if if that you know. And so I feel like I've I've kind of swung back. Where I, I'm still enjoy the heavy games. I'm still a sucker for um, games by like you know the guys who did uh, Madeira. And Lacerda and and those other guys, uh, the guy who did um, 
Anachrony. Is it Turton? Yeah, Mind Clash games. The Mind Clash games. Yeah. Anything Mind Clash puts like out. Carry I mean, on. Yeah, Trick Carry on that yeah. kind of thing. But I'm also like, I think I've, I'm kind of trying to balance myself to where like I'll have that game, but I'll also reach for uh, Alhambra. I'll also reach for uh, Irish Cage. So I'm I'm trying to like find a little bit more balance because for the longest time, it kind of bugged me. It was like, why are all the games you're buying like heavy games? Well, I like those, but. I have trouble sharing those. Like you guys like them often, but we can't often get to the table. Sometimes we have two hours and it's like, well, we can't play video scary. Sorry. You know, we got to put something else on the table. And so I think that's where my, my shifts have been. Yeah. And that makes that that's, I was, I was kind of, I wanted to hear you say a lot of things that you said, because at times in the past, when I'd see that you play with the miniatures games and stuff, but then you'd always bring the heavy games. I'm like, is he like gamer schizophrenic, right? Or is he gamer bipolar or something? <laughs> yeah. But really, what it, what I my assessment has always been, no, Gary just likes games. Yeah, I like, love games. He loves games, and he's going to play all these kinds of games, and he's not this gamer or that gamer, even if he, even if you carry that, the, all those Uwe boxes always make us think that you're a Euro gamer. Yeah. You're just uh, like an every gamer. Maybe I have some so, minis hidden in, in, in <laughs> an old you Uwe do, box. Right? Yeah. You don't know. I put my Blitzball minis inside uh, in an Uwe box. <laughs> But no, that's like yeah, it's 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 interesting. How tell us a little bit more. Like, where are some of your shifts? Because I've seen mine some come, of them, but yeah, not mine all of come them. much later. Because I think that consistently uh, through my my life, I've I've gone for the same things. I've gone for those dungeon crawl experiences. I've gone for the fantasy themes. I LARPed, and yeah. and I've spent you what lots of times live action role play is what that's that's <laughs> the uh, the yeah. you don't, what y'all don't see is he's actually wearing his get up right I now. I am. I'm wearing my. I, I do. Stop hitting me with the foam sword. <laughs> Lightning bolt. <laughs> for the next ten minutes, I'll Magic demonstrate missile. some moves while you listen. Um, no, but I I have been. Very much like a, I don't know, a monochromatic, a very one-dimensional gamer for a long time. But uh, I want to say, and and you guys probably don't know this. I don't know. Maybe maybe you picked up on it, but I never really talked about it. I wasn't really interested in Agricola when Gary shared it with me. I wasn't really interested in a lot of that. If I couldn't see the board strategy, the abstract uh, push and pull like a chess game, and if I couldn't roll some dice and fight things like in a in a yeah. duke out, I wasn't as interested, right? So to me, it was always about that kind of one dimensional, like let's get in there and fight or let's play chess. Yeah. Um, when we played Russian Railroads the first night, I got last place. I had no clue what I was getting into, and I knew worker placement at that time. Yeah. I played tons of worker placement. Yeah, you played quite a few of them. I those. like worker placement, but it wasn't anything fascinating to me and even at the end of that first night of russian railroads i was like well that was okay i enjoyed the the drink more than i enjoyed the game and and uh and i lost pretty handedly and you guys are really excited about it uh board game arena i would say i credit a lot of my my major shift to and gary and i would play on board game arena some two players he and i and then we'd get some asynchronous games going with with uh, some others and russian railroads came up I already knew how to play. Not only that, but I played really well yeah. on Board Game Arena. And I started seeing the puzzle. I started seeing the pieces fit. It started becoming less of a who, which one of us plays the puzzle better. And it started really unfolding as a game for me. And that was the first big shift, I would say, is playing Russian Rose on Board Game Arena. And then I started really loving that and looking for more. Right, And then soon after that was Brian wanted to play Great Western Trail. I said... It was more of a pub thing. It was like, hey, we we need this to kind of we need to stay relevant, and this is a relevant game at this time, and 
we need to play it. And we're going to do this thing on our, on our website for an article. Well, I had to play this game that I had no interest in. And I was like, oh, okay, I get that now. I was like, that's, that's, that's a new thing for me. And now I want to know more about this. What else is there like Russian Railroads that I can't get in Great Western Trail, which I bought? Like, I got one game in this yeah. shift. And I want to know about more games in this shift. Maybe it's more Euro games, but there's just still something about, like, Agricola and Uwe that didn't, that didn't like, get me, you know? And it was shortly after that, uh, well, not shortly, but months after that, Concordia. Yeah. And that, that was game. where I was like, look, okay, this is this is doing what I want it to do. This is the the genre I'm looking for. And it is a Euro style game. It's still very simple. I still got a map. I still have some things I can touch and move and see. So I get the abstract connection with. And I think since then I've been propelled into Madeira, yeah. which I really, really wanted to learn, even though I didn't play it well. And and I really wanted to know more and more. And so it was it was almost like I forced myself into these heavier games kind of against my will and learned to acquire those tastes. I love them now. Like Food Chain Magnate's one of my favorites. Yeah. And I wouldn't have caught myself saying that, you know, three years ago. And I think it's really just you acquire these tastes and and sometimes it was a very this in this case it was a very willful thing. Yeah. But I love it now, and I, I I like that I'm also very bipolar in this, that I still get almost a visceral, natural inclination for the dungeon crawl fighting. But I, I really enjoy these Euro mechanics in the Euro games now, and I'm glad I get to enjoy them. I'm glad I get to enjoy them with people, and I seek them out. Like I spent... I spent the the whatever eighty nine euros on Madeira. I didn't do that because I was coerced. Like I really yeah. enjoyed enough. I really want to get that game, and I look forward to what what your game's catalog. You know, and I really feel like that was a very last two three years kind of thing for me. I don't know. I I hope there's more shifts. Yeah. Like, I hope there's another there thing out there that goes, oh, my goodness, there's another facet to gaming I didn't know I could love, and now I get to get it. That's what's cool about this hobby is there's there's an avenue that yeah. we may all get to jump into that we don't even know exists or we're not really interested in. So, I think you touched on a really important thing, though, uh, that you kind of have to be open to that, that this hobby will include. There, there are games out there that you may that may be in a category that you in the past, like, you, you, okay, you talked about Undaunted. You're not generally a, uh, a deck building guy. I've tried them, but you found never you, really found, you found that one that that you like, and maybe that's the only deck building game you ever really like. But there's a little bit of a shift, right now. Now you're going to be on the watch, just in case there's another one. I make a look for all the Dominion decks yeah. after I get into Undaunted for a while. I mean, I've got them all. We can play. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> can we play again? Yeah, yeah I, I would I'll love to play Dominion again. again. Uh, I think you touched on an important thing, though. Also, is um, man the the group that we have here, like so. The pub, and then also like our kind of our extended group of friends. Like I think that game group kind of influences you a lot because you're playing the games that you really like, and then your friend happens to bring one to a game night that you are kind of looking out of the corner of your eye, like, oh, that that looks interesting, you know. And so I think that that us being here and doing what we're doing kind of has has definitely influenced. All I think of we're us. all very largely influenced by our local game group. Our yeah. local game community, I should say, because our great game community is not just the four of us. Yeah, it's, it's we're, pretty large. We have a we have a large influence around us, and I'm grateful for that because without that, we would you'd hear the same reiteration of yeah. games over and over and over. But we are constantly getting enthusiastic uh, plays from people here locally, and I think that's just a plug to get involved in a game group. You know, yeah. stop meeting with the same two or three people, and definitely. And I know we're all introverts, or at least half of us are. Get out there and and kind of at least meet a few new people and game with them. Hey, well that's a good that's a good point to end on. 
Yeah, no, no I agree. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so if if you didn't know, if you had, if you just got in, if you just jumped in on this episode, where there's a little little history of who we are, how we came to the hobby, how we uh, kind of arrived where we're at, and then as we kind of plugged a couple times, stay tuned. We will have a little history of the pub for anyone uh, microbrew for anyone who's interested in that. We'll try. I think we'll keep it pretty interesting. Uh, we have um, we have a pretty cool timeline that we've it actually definitely sounds more yeah. interesting than you just made it sound. Yeah. <laughs> we need to try better advertisement yeah. next no, time no. for plugging our. We, we, we have a, we have a lot of really cool really cool moments and I, I, I um just so you know just kind of so to kind of let people know to look out for that uh, shut kind of put together a really cool timeline that I was I was looking at and. Uh, it, it's pretty neat. Like he, there's there's a lot of cool things in there, and and, I, and you hinted at verifiable too. Like yeah. you could probably watch some videos on YouTube. Oh, I found dates of no, us doing dates. things <laughs> that we were going to talk about us doing. If Shuck says it happened on that date, it happened on yeah, that he's, date. He's no, pretty good he's, at that. He's a good guy. He, data. He's got it in the spreadsheet. Re research. Research. Yeah. So uh, so there's something to look forward to. Make to make fun of my spreadsheets. I love your spreadsheets. I love spreadsheets. Spreadsheets for my spreadsheets. Well, let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and end this conversation here, and we'll uh, we'll see you guys next episode. Thanks for listening to the Bub Meeple Podcast. If you enjoyed our content, like and subscribe. Share with your friends. You can find us on Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter at pubmeeple.com. Our website www.pubmeeple.com, home to the board game ranking engine. And always remember, support your local breweries. <laughs>